Welcome to today's episode of Getting to Know You. My name is Cameron Edward Benton, and on today's episode, I have the great privilege of interviewing Kim Winder, the creator of the Red Dot Comics. This is one of my favorite comics on the internet, and Kim's comics are a fun combination of humor, sexuality, mixed with the personal. You can find them all over the internet, from Reddit to YouTube to TikTok, but particularly on Instagram, where she has over 450,000 followers. Um, this interview is a whole lot of fun. There's a lot of laughter, a lot of depth, and there's even some tears near the end of the episode. Um, we go over everything from her beginnings and starting off creating comics just for herself and then seeing this take off and turning into a full-blown career. Um, it's a powerful form of self-expression for her, and she is an incredibly touching and beautiful human being. Um, near the end of the episode, we do get into some talking about her uh, mental health challenges that she has dealt with in the past, including an attempt at suicide. Um, so if you are sensitive to that topic, just please be aware of that ahead of time. Um, she shares incredibly vulnerably so that anybody else who might be struggling with something similar um, can see that there is, in fact, hope on the other side. And per Kim's words, you know, if you are struggling with something like that, you know, don't do it get help, and you are loved, even if you don't necessarily feel that way. Um, Kim is, again, just an absolute beautiful human to get to know. Uh, we laugh a lot on this podcast, and I hope that you absolutely enjoy it. And without further ado, here is this wonderful episode of Getting to Know You with Kim Winder. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. My pleasure. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been super awesome. I was super excited when you said that you were down to do this because I've been, uh, I think, following Thread Dot for two or three years now, and it's one of my favorite comics uh, on Instagram. And anybody who follows me on comics or on Instagram knows that I really like a lot of Instagram comics because I'm always like reposting and resharing them, and people will be like, "Oh yeah, you're the <laughs> you're the dude who's really into comics." Because I I don't know I grew up on comics I loved reading like Garfield as I would go to sleep you know every night or just looking for the newspaper and I would you know kind of dig for those or just spend hours at a uh, Borders or, or Barnes and Nobles just kind of in those sections and I don't know it's it's been really cool to have this uh, joy that you and some of these other creators have brought to my life so I guess before I jump in just thank you for that it's been really really cool. Well, I appreciate it. Um, two and three years. You've been <laughs> you've been around for a while, so that's like <laughs> that's like most of my comic life. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. How did you like? How did you get into comics? Were you always creating different comics, and like, was that like a process you've been kind of working on and refining for a while, or is it something that you were just like, yeah, let me just try this one day and see what happens? Or how did you find that? Well, like when I was a kid, I actually had a notebook. Uh, like a spiral notebook. And in middle school, I made these like one panel comics and it was before social media. So I would draw it and then I would send it around the classroom and people mm. would write notes if they liked it or not. Mm -hmm. And I wish I still had them. I don't. But That's really cool. Yeah, that was kind of the start. Then fast forward to um, 2018 and I never really stuck with a hobby. I always I dabble, like I get into something mm -hmm. and I throw my heart into it for like three weeks and then I'm done with it. Mm -hmm. So 2018 happened and I decided, well, I want to stick to a hobby and I already love drawing. So I want to draw every day and I want to make it kind of like a comic-y thing because I can, I can do whatever I'm thinking about and to uh, stay accountable, I want to post it online. So mm -hmm. that's what I did. 
every day for 2018, I drew a comic, but I didn't actually end up posting until like March because I was so fucking scared. But <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't think anyone was going to follow in the first place, but it, mm. oof, if you scroll early enough, it is rough. Uh, <laughs> it is not good but yeah that's how it started and then it kind of mm-hmm. snowballed to what it is now wow did you when you were doing that did you give yourself any sort of like a cutoff point where you're like yeah i'm gonna keep posting until oh, i guess you said the year so was that kind of like your your deadlines like, i'm at least doing a year and then if i if i hit a year then i don't want to do this you can kind of stop or like is that how you built it out pretty much it was seven new drawings a week. So every day there had to be something. Mm -hmm. And towards the end of 2018, George, uh, George Takei's website featured me and I, I blew up a lot, like a lot, a lot. So after then, like huge ego boost on my Mm -hmm. part, and (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Oh shit, there's something to this. So I just kept going. Wow. Wow. So if you didn't get that boost from Sakai's website at the time, do you feel like you would have kept going at that point? Or did you have like enough like enjoyments and I guess whatever else you needed to keep going, you think? Or was it, did that kind of like really push you over the the hump, if you will? You know what? I, I probably, <laughs> I want to say I would keep going, uh, mm-hmm. knowing how lazy I am. Maybe not. <laughs> Well, you're not that lazy if you made it a whole year. Like if you just did a month and then you had, you know, a huge boom or something like that. But a year's a that's a that's a long commitment. That's not easy. Yeah, there was definitely like I could. What was nice about social media as well is looking back and being like, oh my goodness, I am getting better because I could always copy. Like Hmm. I could draw Disney characters. I could draw anime like I could copy other people's work I didn't have my own Mm -hmm. style so trying to figure out my own style and develop and I could visibly see each comic or drawing and be like I remember consciously thinking no the head shape shouldn't be like that or no Mm -hmm. why the fuck am I doing pastels I don't like pastels like (laughs) 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 I yeah it I think I would continue just because like there was that gratification in development you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it yeah. sounds like if i'm understanding right like partly because you were essentially logging it in a very visual way you're able to really like see like oh like i have this progress you know it makes me think of like if you've ever done like a you know a workout program or a dieting program right you can kind of look back at your log and be like oh yeah i've lost this much weight or i've you know gained this much muscle or whatever it is over time that's exactly what i was thinking like with weight loss too, it just feels like so much fucking work every day. So when you see progress, <laughs> it doesn't like I should be ripped by now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the drawing, like some days I was on top of it. Other days I totally phoned it in, but mm. the gradual progression was really motivating. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, is there anything that you, any like advice that you would give to, um, like an artist or any sort of content creator with, you know, if they're wanting to create or develop their own thing that you would give to yourself that maybe you, you wish you had when you started? My base response to that is, unfortunately, you have to do it every day. Hmm. If you don't post, 
the algorithm nowadays will sacrifice you. They don't give a fuck. If you're not feeding the beast, they're going to throw you to the side, <laughs> which, which sucks because it, it doesn't always like you can make something amazing and then not post for a day. And then no one sees it, even though it was doing very well, but on the flip side, creatively, it's just keeping at it like a workout. If you run a mile, maybe tomorrow you can run a mile and a half and you yeah. just make that slow progress. So keeping at it is really important. Yeah. Cool. I'm curious with, um, especially since you've been on social media and you're primarily on Instagram, right? Are you on like any other platforms at the moment? Oh, I'm everywhere. I you even are? have a be real, which is <laughs> very boring. Cause like every time it's like, Oh, post your be real. I'm like, I'm sitting on my fucking couch drawing. Like no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> it is the same view of my feet and my iPad every time. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, I'm on Reddit and Twitter and Facebook Got and it. Mastrodon ever since Twitter okay. decided to be what Twitter is now. <laughs> Whatever it is at the moment. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that you. that's another thing is I say I'm a shameless self-promoter mm -hmm. and I think that's important. Like mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong in hyping yourself up and I will shamelessly plug pun intended, everything <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, I'm well, on YouTube that's... too. That oh, are you? Okay, cool. YouTube and TikTok. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I was going to ask a question about social media, but I feel like for those of, uh, I guess the listeners who maybe don't get the, why the plug, the plug is a, a pun. Can you t talk to us about Gary B plug and like, how did you come up with that character? Like it, it, he's uh, very beloved and seems like very much your best friend within the comics at least. So yeah, I would love to love to hear about that. Where did that, uh, where did that come from? So Gary was like super early on and I was trying to be more shocking than I am mm. nowadays. Like I had a comic, I think it, he came after but I had a comic where Sully from Monsters, Inc. revisits mm -hmm. Boo. But mm -hmm. now she's like an OnlyFans content creator. Oh, yeah. And he comes I'm, in at the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that did really well. What other things can I fuck around with? And I'm mm -hmm. like, what if, what if the Beast Castle had a butt plug? And what if the mm -hmm. butt plug didn't want to go back? And that was Gary. <laughs> Awesome. And then yeah. it just slowly um, evolved into Gary's now my butt plug and mm -hmm. more of a inner moral compass. That's how I yeah. treat him. He's like your Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Pretty much. Much better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And for your, for your, I guess, your developmental process with this stuff, it sounds like a lot of it because you were doing it so actively was kind of being like, well, let me test this. Let me see what's having a response with the, the audience and what's not like, how do you kind of, I guess, balance that, that I guess desire to feed the beast and the algorithm and make, you know, do what's popular, what's hitting versus kind of like, you know, I guess doing your own, what you feel is enjoyable or, or creative. That's a good question. There are some days where, I am just so not into it. Actually, today 
is a good example. Like I made a comic about me buying a pink pineapple, which I did. Mm -hmm. And there's the, the trope of pineapple makes cum taste better. Mm -hmm. And I know my sexual comics do very well, Mm -hmm. but I just was not feeling it today. I didn't want to draw it, but to feed the beast and I know it was going to do well. I did it. But then I also, I guess when you're creating something and you have like a really deep gut feeling like, I don't, I don't care if this bombs, Mm. I need to get it out. Mm. I have a comic about a person who passed away early and they don't move on into the afterlife because they saw their partner grieving and then they waited for their partner, but their partner moved on in real life. And then when mm-hmm. the partner passed away, the partner left with their new spouse. Yeah. And it was just something that I had in my head. I don't know if it was from a movie or whatever, but it's a thought I think everyone has. But I had to do it. I stayed up all night drawing. Like my husband actually came out and said, go to bed. I'm like, no, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it, I know this probably won't do well, but I need I need to finish it. It was important mm-hmm. to me and it did great. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it was really touching. I, I saw that, uh, that, that comic. It's yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Like it just, yeah. I don't know. There, there's some projects that I've also done that don't do well, but emotionally, it, emotionally, I feel like I came, like I got it out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah. good about it. It doesn't matter that no one likes it. I'm mm. happy with it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's dope. I think that's a, one of the things that I've always, I think really enjoyed about your comics because you, you're, there's a lot of really great comics that I I love on Instagram, but I think with yours in particular, there's such a personal element to it. I think both with you sharing your life, there's also like a level of, I don't know how to explain it other than there, I guess there's a level of depth, I think that is like very human in the comics that is because your comics while they, a, a lot of them are obviously very funny, there's, but they can have a very like touching element to it where they're not just like pure humor or pure whatever. It's like, you can be like, oh yeah, it's like, I totally relate to this experience or, you know, I'm kind of captivated and kind of want to see what's happening, you know, with these little group of, of people and friends or what's going on with your, your various meetings of the minds or these, you know, very kind of deep and interpersonal elements, which I think is a really cool space. Was Was that something that like, and as it came from you naturally, was it something that just developed over time from from that kind of inner voice needing to to come out, like you said? I think because I wasn't expecting the comic to get as big as it was, I was just very mm. open about me in the first place. Yeah. Like sharing that I had a sibling pass away and making mm. a drawing on the anniversary of her passing and just talking about myself, I honestly did not think anyone was going to see it. So (laughs) I had no problem putting it out there. Like if it's found by like gen alpha 40 years from now, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to be in a nursing home. (laughs) I, it just was kind of always there. And then I really am surprised by people caring about it because I'm not that interesting. I'm really not. (laughs) Uh, So no, I I don't, I forgot the question. Yeah. Well, it just, it sounds like from what I'm hearing is that, that, you know, 
I'm saying the more emotional or personal tone to your comics really came from the fact that you you didn't really expect it to go anywhere. So it, it kind of, in a way, freed you up to put in your self because you weren't really worried or concerned about those kinds of things. And then that kind of became like a an, an element that ironically made you popular and unique and, and blow up. That, yes, I am terrible with words. The fact that you invited <laughs> me on a podcast for me to speak. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right about about that. Just putting myself out there early on and not expecting anything from it. Because it feels like nowadays everything's so performative. And I don't know if you've seen the trends on like TikTok where people set up a camera and then they're crying over a dead snake or like they had mm. a patient pass. But it's like we know you had to set that up guys like that's yeah. not a raw moment so getting to draw stuff in the moment i feel that it's much more real i guess mm-hmm. like when my husband my husband was very ill a few years ago mm-hmm. and all i could do was drink cry and sleep or draw and i drew and it it did a lot for me but I, I guess I'm like contradicting myself. Like it is performative because I'm drawing it out, you know? Yeah, but I mean, I guess to, for my own counterpoint, it's like that's art has always been like that. Like mm-hmm. art is like, I mean, how many songs and how many movies and how many books are written about these things that we go through? Because that's for whatever reason as human beings, like right, we, we put things, we take our heart and we, put it into some sort of physical object or a painting or a song. And that's how we like deal with it. Right. And we share it with others because we want to connect with, you know, other people's pains and our own pain. And, and like, we're, we're all born with this weird fact that like, we know we're going to die. Right. We're born with this like collective trauma and our sharing in this sort of tragedy in a way. Right. We're all kind of born into a Greek tragedy where we were, told by the prophets like we're going to die at some point and we do all these things to maybe try to battle that but we're at the end of the day are you know doomed to that fate yeah so i think art and has always been this way of you know creating and and sharing and i don't know if that's performative or not but i think it's it's human i agree and i don't want to shit on anyone like who has done that because like there is catharsis and seeing people act out your worst moments and Mm -hmm. relating to it it's just something rings false when it's like an actual beloved person of theirs. That's how mm-hmm. I feel. It. I don't want to sound like a bitch. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I think it's. I think it's super valid. I think you know. There's. I think like social media is such a weird and interesting thing, and we're still so much. You know, I mean, this I guess been around for over ten years now. It's like still much, so much in its infancy of what it'll eventually be, right? And so it's, we deal with. I guess learning and, you know, seeing what's fake, seeing what's real, seeing what actually matters. Like, I I think like personally, like COVID and social media, that combination, like really kind of, we hit sort of a, uh, I forget what the the term is called, uh, like a singularity point basically where there was so much uh, craziness and so Mm -hmm. much like polarization that everybody was just like, okay, like all of this is just 
bullshit for lack of a better word. And there is something more going on here. Like the amount of different conversations that I started having one-on-one with people versus people just like showing up bumper stickers on their Instagram or Twitter feeds or whatever it might be, like started going through the roof. Like I started connecting with like old friends who be like, oh, I thought they were like on this other side of the fence or, you know, I would go to raves or festivals and start meeting people and having these conversations. And it was like, oh, this is deeper. And everybody that I go to these places are like, oh yeah, all of this stuff is just ridiculous. And it's like not what we actually want or what we actually believe. And you talk to most most people in my experience and they're far more rational and far more nuanced and complex than what you actually kind of see in the, you know, blogosphere. Oh, yeah. tool. oh no, you're totally right. Because uh, like if you text something, you could totally mean it as a joke and someone reads it on the other end of the planet and be like, what an asshole, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's yeah. a lost in translation bit where when you're in person, you can pick up on the vibe of the other of the other person you're talking to so uh, it's just it's been interesting and i think you're right covid has definitely shifted a lot of people's perspective of being online like all the celebrities singing that one song i don't even remember the song but i don't don't know this like uh it was gal gadot um she started yeah uh she started like this chain of all these celebrities singing this one song that was supposed to be very moving and bring us all together but it was all these celebrities and their mega mansions <laughs> like we're all in this together i'm like you're you're in malibu i'm sharing a house with four other people and two bathrooms like yeah. it, it's different you know right right yeah yeah so. yeah i think a lot of yeah a lot of social media and a lot of covid has kind of realized various people in, in all kinds of walks of life, like a various, you know, privilege or just living in our own bubbles and our own worlds and kind of really being disconnected from the actual people um, mm-hmm. that are going through things. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Cool. Where were you born originally? <laughs> That's a pivot. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Carson City, Nevada. So I grew up in Nevada mm-hmm. and lived there until I was like 22, 20, yeah, 22. And then I moved to Southern California. Okay. And you're in LA currently or what part? Orange County. So Orange County? Like, okay. yeah, right by like the orange curtain, everyone calls it. So where's the, what like city is like the orange curtain? Is that like Fullerton or orange or like Anaheim or? Yeah. Like orange right on the edge, like Yorba Linda, okay. that kind of area. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my family's. I have a lot of family in uh, Fullerton, so maybe oh, we'll have nice. to go and get like coffee or something and, and come out and visit them. Hell yeah! Yeah, it'd be super. Down. I I love Orange County. Like there is like a, the show Arrested Development is based around mm-hmm. Irvine, and mm-hmm. it is very true that Newport, <laughs> Irvine, it's all true. But there's mm-hmm. also like so many wonderful people here. I love it, and then. I just can't do the vibe of LA all the time mm. in yeah. the bigger city, but we're so mm. close. I can, I can get that if I want to. Yeah. That's reasonable. Yeah. It's yeah. You're pretty close to there. Yeah. I lived in LA for eight years and it was, yeah, it was a lot. I, I lived right on Hollywood Boulevard for like in the heart of Hollywood, like right across from a bark called no vacancy. And 
like every night at 3 a.m., just like cars all out, get, get out of my job, um, working at a restaurant, and you know, there's cars just all in front of my driveway. I have to like ask the Uber drivers to move out of the way every night and sleep oh. year round with my uh, my air conditioning unit on just to drown out the noise from outside. It's just like definitely, I, I live in Seattle now and I, I definitely prefer the pace out here a lot more. What about the weather? How do you feel with the, the dreariness? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's um, it's dreary right now out here because um, it's winter, although this winter has been awesome uh, for what it's worth. Like we've had a lot of more sunshine. Last year was awful. It was literally like winter and dreary and dark until like a, a two days after the summer solstice. <laughs> so just oh like a midway. God. Yeah, it was awful. Um, but that was by far the worst one. And usually like by like mid March, like there's a good amount of sunshine. You get cherry blossom season. The spring out here, when you get spring, like last year we didn't really get spring, is just mm-hmm. the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Honestly, it helped me a lot when because I moved here right before COVID, and then I I would take walks when COVID happened, and it was just spring, and I would see like all of these flowers. Then I was just like, I grew up in Southern California, so I I never saw a spring like this. Right, it's just like I'm seeing all these flowers I've never seen before, plants. And, beautiful you know different birds and butterflies and just all these things and it was just gorgeous it helped me a lot get through through COVID just being able to walk around in my neighborhood and see things I've never seen before oh neat like uh, my dad lives up in Tacoma he's like between Tacoma and Seattle I haven't been up to visit yet but I think one thing about Southern California is I really hate the lack of variety in the seasons mm-hmm. like we have the santa Ana winds which fucking suck <laughs> just like that's my least favorite weather attribute is wind so yeah oh my thing. god yeah we got that <laughs> and then we got fire season and they kind of coincide other than yeah. that it's beautiful year round and that's great until it's like christmas and mm-hmm. i want a little bit of cold and it's yeah. 80 yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely prefer it. I mean, the winters can be rough. Um, but like, you know, for me, it's like you just get out of the, the state a couple of times and during the winter and it kind of helps with it. Mm-hmm. If it's a winter like this, it's really not bad at all. And then like the summers are so beautiful out here that they, they literally called the Seattle trap because you makes you forget completely about the winters and you're just like this is the best place to live ever and then like you know winter comes back around you're like you're miserable <laughs> a little yeah. bit but the summers are just so gorgeous that you're just you wouldn't want to live anywhere else so yeah i i, I definitely prefer the variety and just like the crispness of the air i kind of like the cooler climate compared to la like when i even come back to visit and my family in orange county or other places just like so like hot and dry all the time and just kind of looks the same and everything's kind of yellow where in Seattle everything is green and there's water everywhere and I don't know mm-hmm. just more my vibe I, I totally get it right now like we got a lot of rain the past month or so and the canyon and like off the 241 and stuff it's all green it looks like fucking Ireland mm. and it's wow. gorgeous wow. Yeah. yeah but it's all going to be brown in two months yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you were born in in Nevada, moved to California, and then like, what were you doing before you became a professional Instagram comic artist? Um, well, I was a lifeguard for about like eight years. Uh, it was my first ever job, hmm. and then I moved to California thinking I wanted to be a big girl, 
and I want an office job. And I kick myself thinking about it now because being a lifeguard's fucking great. It was fun. I love swimming. <laughs> but I became an office manager and uh, worked for a makeup company headquarters for some time in their customer ser- service and then went back to uh, office managing. And it was good. It was a smaller company, but I got fired. My boss was a dick, just <laughs> plain and simple. Like I've already said this on social media. I don't mind repeating it. <laughs> but I got fired for calling him out and I kind of fell into doing comics full time. I was already doing it. So mm. it was kind of a blessing in disguise. But I was yeah. just like a business professional. I got my degree in graphic design already saw how saturated the market was like, I'm never going to make it anywhere in this Mm. and might as well just put my admin skills to work. Got it. Yeah. And so then, so you just sort of got, I want to say the fortune of being let go at the right time with, I guess the red dot taking off enough for you to kind of support yourself with, with that. Yeah. It was kind of a, a dual income thing for a while. Like I would be at work doing my thing on my breaks drawing under my desk and then going back to work, coming home, making dinner, draw, go to bed, wake up, go to work and repeat. So really hitting the grind pretty hard for a while, which is good. Like I I thrived off of it. Cool. 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 And if you're open to talking about this, like how does one or how do you like actually make money from like the red dot? Cause obviously Instagram, I don't think they, they put in creators or anything at this point. So like, do you, is it mostly through like Patreons and merch and things of that nature? 99% of my income is Patreon. Wow. Instagram does pay nowadays, oh, but wow. it's for reels and it's mm. bonuses. It's not like, mm. not like YouTube or TikTok where it's viewership based or ad based. Yeah. And there's already talks about them stopping that. So that's not a mm. hard line. Um, yeah payment plan, I guess. But yeah, yeah, Patreon has been very good to me. Uh, Obviously, you have to keep your patrons happy by Mm -hmm. offering incentives. So I have bonus content. And I'm not going to lie, I already do sexy stuff on the general. So I have Mm -hmm. even more sexy stuff on Patreon. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind doing it. Actually, it feels very liberating to be fully sexual in that way that's also funny and makes money but i feel a little bit um not secure but i just feel more comfortable sharing my sexuality that way than my body not that i have anything wrong with it totally would do it if i thought my body would do it but (laughs) (laughs) like 100 percent. obviously it's a talk with hubs but (laughs) <laughs> I, I like drawing, so it works for me. Yeah. No, I think that that's awesome. And that's a, maybe a good segue into a question I have is like mm-hmm. your, I think your comics and like your self-expression through comics with, with your sexuality is such a, you know, a playful and kind of big part of, of the red dot. Like, was that something you've always been really comfortable with, with or is that something that came from just doing the comics enough and you got really comfortable with, or like, I think it's really, really cool that you're so, I would say free in, in that aspect of your expression. It was, (laughs) originally it was rebellion. Hmm. I grew up very conservatively. 
I was baptized when I was seven. I was in a Baptist church. My family is still very conservative. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I couldn't be honest with my sexuality Mm -hmm. before making the comic. So again, Mm -hmm. didn't think anyone was going to see it. So just like, I'm going to throw it out there. And having fun with sex is a great thing. And I already think that the sexuality is dominated in a male focus kind of way. So Mm -hmm. to talk about sexuality from my point of view as a woman who is very open to all genders, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. if it's legal and I'm attracted to you, let's do it. (laughs) 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 Of course, like both ways. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Obviously. (laughs) Yeah. But like explain or expressing my sexuality from a feminine side and not just for a male gaze, but for myself was really nice. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. And have, with going down that route, have you gotten a lot of like pushback like from your family and, you know, from, I guess, people in your past <laughs> life? Like, have, have you dealt with the, that world? Family, yeah. But with the notation that they are happy that I'm, I'm doing something that makes me happy, that provides hmm. for my family, hmm. we just don't talk about it. Like <laughs> they know Gary, they've bought Gary plushies, but <laughs> no one, no one talks about what Gary is. Yeah. Um, so they're supportive. We just, we don't talk about it. And then uh, when it comes to like my sexual history, like I've been very focused on being mum about previous sexual partners mm-hmm. or my love life. If I, like I have shared parts of my love life, but I've kept it vague because one, most of them I'm not in contact in anymore and I want to respect their privacy. I don't know yeah. their side of our relationship. I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I haven't received pushback there, but I think it's because I've purposely want to respect their, their thoughts and their opinions, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just out of curiosity, has anybody ever reached out to you from like a sex toy company to be like, we want to make an actual like Gary B plug butt plug? No. And I really want it, but I've had, I've had several companies give me toys. Like I have, I have so many sex, sex toys. Like (laughs) I have, I have gifted them out for Christmas. I have like them waiting in reserve. Like if one dies, (laughs) so many, like I have a closet full and I love it. Wow. Don't get me That's wrong. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> Are they given from like fans or from like companies? Companies. I don't companies. think I would take any from fans just because, you know, <laughs> it just can't be verified the cleanliness. But yeah, that's that's valid. Yeah. But so many toys. Love them. And <laughs> that's funny. It, it's yeah, my husband's like, I got one shipment and it like totally covered our kitchen island. Oh my god. They sent me everything that they had. Wow. Male toys, female toys, couples toys. And I took out this flashlight that was made for men. And I was just putting my finger in it because I wanted to know. (laughs) (laughs) At the worst time. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, this butthole, man. Like, this is, this is, this guy's, he's got some 
nice butthole. And she's like, <laughs> does it have to be in the kitchen? I'm like, how else am I going to send a picture to my best friend? Like, <laughs> oh, it's so it funny. was great. That's super cool. Do you, um, when you get those, do you get offered like sponsorship deals and that kind of thing too, where it's like, Hey, yeah, if you just plug the sex toy in a comic or that kind of thing, or are they just, just gifts to, to give you? I've had gifts. And then, um, one company, Sweet Vibes, it's in San Diego, female owned operated, which I love. Um, I did a sponsor, a sponsorship with them, uh, back in 2020 and I made a comic for a new Mm. toy and they sent me tons of stuff. So kind of both definitely recommend I use their lube to this day. Like I Mm. I buy it personally because I like it so much. I think it's called drip or drop drip or drop. I'm sure if you go on their website, you'll see. Yeah. Okay, cool. Great stuff. (laughs) Awesome. Do you have any, because I actually, I grew up really, really conservative Christian too, and have struggled a lot over the course of my life and like becoming more and more comfortable with my own sexuality. I know there's a lot of people of, let's say like our generation. How, how old are you, by the way? You're like around 30-ish, right? 32. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I just turned 34 yesterday, if it makes you feel any better. Oh, happy birthday. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. And, you know, it seems like there's a lot of, I would say millennial former Christians or deconstructed Christians or whatever term you want to use for that, that are, I, I find go through so much of the same thing. I mean, we were raised with purity culture um, on top of sort of just the normal religious type of thing. Mm-hmm. For people who don't know that, what that is, it's literally like there were groups of us that would like sign like purity pledges and like, you the know, purity these rings. Like, yeah, purity rings. And like in my church, like there were people that were like, we're not going to even kiss until we're married and just this whole like thing. So I'm curious, like, how did you, um, how did you develop, I guess, that comfortability within your own sexuality? I guess even just like, in your personal life, or is it something that you just kind of just stepped in through, or like, how did you uh, develop that? I've always been very sexual. I don't mm-hmm. know when it really started. I one of my first favorite movies was The Moulin Rouge, hmm. yeah. with yeah it. Nicole Kidman, Ian McGregor. It was just like they're artists. They like fucking, they're singing great <laughs> ass songs. <laughs> like I am totally there, but I'm not a theater kid. Mm. So like just kind of growing up around that and then being told at the same time, like hold a penny in between your knees when I go on mm. a date and not being told why, and then realizing, Oh, it's so I don't spread my legs for a date. Like that mm. it rubbed me the wrong way. And I got really uh, disenchanted with religion as I grew Mm. up, not necessarily the idea of a God, but how we bastardize it for the greedy and the power hungry, Mm. you know? So it was like I've mentioned rebellion, like I'm going to celebrate me. Why would God Mm. give me all this fun stuff to play with (laughs) and then tell me no? (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Kind of like that. Like my family is still very religious for the most part. Hmm. I am not. I, I'm i on the border of agnostic, atheist. When my husband was hmm. really sick, he was supposed to die. And in a moment of, um, I don't know, desperation, manic, I was alone. I was quarantined. My husband was intubated. I was with no one. And hmm. I reached out on social media. I'm like, 
just send good vibes to my husband. And I only found out later after the fact, he only had like a 4% chance of surviving and he, and he lived, but like all the well wishes we got, there has to be something, something in the universe. Yeah. Heard everyone thinking about him. And that's the only reason why I'm like, maybe there is something, but when it comes to organized religion, I am not there. And (laughs) (laughs) I am sorry. I'm not going to put any money into a plate ever again. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's ambiguous for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. How, how do you, um, I don't know. How do you, I mean, I guess you just talked a little bit, a little bit about how do you, relate to Christianity and that, I guess, aspect of your life currently? Like, do you look back on it or at, with any sort of like regrets or like remorse? I guess it, you seem to have a, like a, a pretty strong, like rebellious inner energy. It sounds like you kind of just like, once you, it wasn't working for you, you were just like, ah, fuck this. I'm going to go this way. But yeah, I'm just curious if you, cause I always noticed for myself, uh, I guess for context, like I, I almost feel like I have this void of my life because I was very like in the church, like all through up until about like 18, you know, when I went yeah. to college and the, my, my college experience allowed me to really start deconstructing things, but was very much in the church, you know, all the way through 18. And a lot of times I look back on this part of my life and I'm just like, I almost feel like this void because I don't, um, yeah, I don't listen to any of the music that I listened to back then, um, which was a lot of bad Christian rock and worship music and, you know, all these things that I'm just like, I really don't connect to any of these things anymore. And, you know, all the, a lot of the relationships that I have like from the church are just not really there in my life anymore. And so it's, it's always like this weird energy um, that I almost like don't quite feel the same as I had like an, an adolescent or a childhood type of experience, like most other people that I meet have. Sure. When I look back on it, the people in the church and the the people that I went to church with are good people. Like, mm-hmm. I have no problems with anyone that devotes themselves to a religion or if that's their way for them. My biggest mm-hmm. problem was growing up and just seeing the bullshit of people being taken advantage of mm-hmm. or, like, the scandals and... um the abuse that can happen, frankly, like people dedicate their lives to a a community and they're robbed. Like it, -hmm. it it didn't sit well with me, but looking back on it, like the people I went to church with my pastor that baptized me, that buried my sister, that married me to my first husband was a good man. Mm -hmm. And I know had no ill, ill intentions, but it's just, the what happened like why the fuck is the catholic church so fucking rich you know (laughs) no it's it's crazy yeah it's really really crazy when you look at it yeah yeah so it's not the people or anything and i wish everyone well like my mom still still goes to church i will participate in prayer in a way like i'm not going to say fuck you i'm living the room like (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the people aren't bad. I look back on it and like they're good people, but just it, it, it's encroaching and awful how people who need God the most are taken advantage of the most. That's what I don't like. Yeah. 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 No, that's, I think that 
totally a valid point. I think I, I saw like on a like a Joe Rogan clip or something like that. Just they were mentioning how how crazy it is to think about like the level of um, sexual abuse that we know that has happened through the the Catholic Church and that it still is just like seen as this like very powerful, like there's been like no repercussion for any of it. Right. And it's just like no other organization would be able to like withstand something like that, but somehow that has. It, yeah. It's totally accepted. And then yeah. <laughs> I, I keep telling my husband like half jokingly, I'm a Satanist because the <laughs> satanic temple, they have tenants that I agree with. Like you don't harm others unless they harm you. And by, harming them it's you're just not going to help them out or expect one's bodily autonomy it's a troll it's really mm. just a troll on the worst parts of organized religion where mm. they want to take away rights where uh the satanic temple is just like you do you do not hurt others that's it so it's mm. just it's all just a game <laughs> that that's really what it comes down to yeah yeah yeah. Which I'm curious, is that how how much have you explored like with Satanism? Is it just kind of like looking at um like reading about stuff online or like how did you because you you have joked about it before in your comics before, so I'm curious like mm -hmm. how did you go into it or what level of exploration you've had with it? Well, I have the devil in my comics like half as mm -hmm. a joke. Like mm -hmm. he's almost turned into a buddy character where it's more wholesome than anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when it's a very adorable devil. Yeah, I like him. He like in my mind, he's queer, and like I'm having brunch with Satan. Like <laughs> that's mm -hmm. the first person that comes to mind. But mm -hmm. what I, I haven't actually like delved into like joining the Satanic Temple, and then there's mm -hmm. a difference between um, the Satanic Temple and the Church of Satan. That's where mm -hmm. the dark magic. We're going to mm. do the weird shit that I don't believe in. It's I'll read about it. It's interesting. I like that kind of like true mm. crime, Adam LaVey. That's interesting, but I have no yeah. interest in actually in, I, participating. Yeah. Satanic uh, Temple uh, is more of a uh, pro-rights group that huh, adopted. Yeah. They adopted um, the Satan image as a troll. Like if mm -hmm. someone wants to put up the Ten Commandments as a statue, they want a statue of, oh, Beelzebub and some kids. Mm -hmm. You know, they just want equal opportunity. If we're going to talk about freedom of religion and you want to put up the Ten Commandments, we're going to put up this guy. Same with yeah. if you want to put up a a statue of the Quran, like it. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, like yeah, yeah, no, totally. It's it's <laughs> yeah. If if what I'm hearing you correctly is that they're basically exposing a lot of hypocrisy through yes. through religion. It's kind of like the spaghetti monster, right? Um, or the flying yes. spaghetti monster where it's like, oh yeah, okay, well we have to talk about all belief systems and science. Well then here's my belief system of a flying spaghetti monster creating the universe. Yeah. And they put their money where uh, their mouth is. It's like they've given to women's rights, like pro-choice hmm. and stuff like that. I am all for it. So everything that I have read about, because I wouldn't just randomly say, I'm a Satanist. <laughs> mm -hmm. They back up their their beliefs or what they talk about. So it's yeah. really huh. nothing to do with God and good versus evil. It's like, no, this is a check and balance here hmm. in yeah. the best yeah. way. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, that's really cool. I'm actually, um, I forget the guy's name off the top of my head, but I'm taking a, a course by this, um, creator on Instagram, who is also a scholar and PhD in like biblical studies. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's teaching a course tomorrow. Um, maybe I'll send you the link if you want to join, but it's on uh, Satan and the Bible. So it's like literally looking at like the literary, um, text and character of Satan, like throughout the history of the old Testament and the new Testament. And he's like a very, very good scholar. And I, I was a biblical studies major, um, in college. And so like I get to the point where you're like reading the Greek text and stuff. And he's like the, one of those people who's like, not just reading like the consensus of the Greek text, but like knows how to read specific manuscripts of which the Greek text that we refer to now is like kind of collaborated into and stuff. So he's like a very, very deep scholar and very smart. But yeah, if you're, if you, I'll send you over the, the link on Instagram or something if you want to check it out. Oh, I'm totally into that because like in the um, Old Testament, like the serpent is never mm-hmm. identified as Satan or the devil. Mm-hmm. It is the serpent. So mm-hmm. like, where did we get lost in translation that that was the devil and the devil mm-hmm. got kicked out because he wanted equal representation among the angels. Like mm-hmm. it, I would be very interested. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll send to you. Yeah, it's like he's doing it like a minimum like dollar donation. You can give more if you want to, but it's a, a Zoom class and stuff. So yeah, I'll send it over to you. How neat. Yeah, I'd love to, for you, you know, if you want to talk a little bit about your different characters and these characterizations that you have, because I think it's, again, one of my favorite things about your comics is coming back and being like, oh, who's showing up today, right? Is it going to be Satan? Is it going to be Gary? Is it going to be death? Mm-hmm. Or your husband, you know, showing up in these various ways. Um, like, how did you come up with them? And like, how did you develop their personalities over time? Because they have such distinct and lovable characters, I think. Oh, well, thank you. I- yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> well, Dot, like, Dot is a cartoon version of myself. Mm-hmm. Without eyebrows. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's like the number one thing I get. I'm like, why don't they have eyebrows? I'm like, that's, oh, that's what so you're funny. noticing. I've never even noticed that before. You said that. Now I'm going to notice it all the time. But <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but yeah, I I did dot just because. I'll admit I'm vain. I <laughs> I insert mm-hmm. myself in situations all the time, so it was easy to take her and put things out there. Death was probably my second character and like my second continuous character. Hmm. I hate, I keep going deep here. I try to off myself. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Back like way before the comic, but the first things with death were flirtations with death Hmm. and just like silly situations. Like, I'm playing with a socket and a knife and death is like, Oh, that's hot. Like (laughs) just stupid Mm. shit. Very early on stuff. It's not good, but it just developed into him hanging out. And then Gary was of course for the beast, but he slowly just became a recurring character because I thought he was cute and then became Mm -hmm. my buddy. (laughs) (laughs) and then i like satan just because of that little rebellion my rebellion against god i guess Mm -hmm. and god actually has a few comics where he stole a chicken nugget from me and it's an ongoing feud (laughs) like the chicken and peter and family guy that kind of feud 
kind of like uh have you ever gone and got chicken nuggets and like you get a 10 piece but they give you 11 and, like, how, <laughs> <laughs> you feel blessed uh-huh. <laughs> that was the comic and then god yoinks back my 11th nugget and ever since then <laughs> it's been war oh god yeah so I guess really biblical figures. And then I have (laughs) family and friends pop in occasionally if it works. But I guess a big one that you've mentioned was like meeting of the minds. Yeah. I really like thinking back. And I think everyone does. Hmm. If I was 12 and I saw me doing this, what would I think of myself? And I just like putting all of me in a room together and talking it out in some way. So yeah. those I mean, are literally like a therapy fun. exercise, like not even Kinda. like saying that that's what you're doing, but like the, they encourage that. Like I've been in ones where it's like, oh yeah, like talk to your, you know, your 13 year old self or talk to your eight year old self or whatever these different parts and like have conversations with them. So yeah, it makes sense that you're doing that. Yeah. And like, especially during the teen years, how you change so much from like 12, 13 to your early twenties, like, Mm-hmm. I have, I have a comic about butt stuff and 16 year old me is totally against it where 20 something me is like all for it. And <laughs> I have to explain, you can't use hair conditioner as lube. Like that's not going to work. <laughs> you dipshit. <laughs> but yeah, like the stupid things everyone does. And I think it's easier to admit through a drawing than to mm-hmm. tell someone face to face like right now i wish i just showed you the comic <laughs> <laughs> but yeah th- those are always fun and then i like uh, making parodies of pop culture stuff a lot mm-hmm. the best thing about the comic is i've never limited myself to any one genre and it's just whatever I'm feeling. And then I I actually get kind of annoyed with myself if I have too many comics with hubs, my husband, because as much as I enjoy couple comics and relatable or wholesome, mm-hmm. I really don't want to put myself in that corner because I'm not like yeah. that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like the wholesomeness is great, but it just feels like if I have to force being wholesome, it's just going to suck. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it's funny if I can even say this. Like, I think part of what um, and I didn't think about this until you mentioned it, but I think part of what is so um, lovable about your comics is that they're like wholesomely dirty, like a lot of the time. If that makes sense, like there's this yeah. like sweet like Disney element to them, and yet they are you know uh, thinking about like you know you have the mermaid one where the I think you're they bring you out i can't remember what the, the comic is oh you know what i'm talking where, about where the sirens she... are singing a song to her and it's like oh it's like i clip my fingernails or whatever it was yeah the dudes don't get it but she does because i came out in my comic and mm. like dot got it because the mermaid's gay or bi mm. and gay by pan but the guys don't get it so dot gets it and then um her admitting in like part two that she's a catfish so she doesn't think she's as pretty as she actually is you know so i want that to be like come across i'm okay with wholesome cuteness but i just can't do 
vanilla wholesome cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think nobody would want that either, at least from you. I think that's part of what's so fun about it is like there's this like dance of of all those different flavors. You know, you have the personal, you have the the sexy, but it always like stays within this this space that doesn't feel like I'm just like, I don't know, looking at porn or some sort of erotica or something of that nature, right? It's like, there's this playful element to it. I'm actually like really curious that we're talking about it. Like, like, so from my perspective, I'll ask this question first and then I'll tell you what my like guess is, but I have no idea if this is true. Like, what are your major like artistic influences? Cause from the outside looking in, my guess would be some combination of like family guy meets Disney, but I have no, I'm curious what like your own like influences are from your own perspective. So growing up, I really liked Gary Larson and how he I don't can know take what it is. Uh, the Far Side comics. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I really loved how he could take just one panel and say mm. so much in just one frame, and like just from a logistic, that guy got so much fucking work done because mm. I'll spend hours <laughs> <laughs> on like ten panels, and he can do it in one. But oh. he was a big one, and then. I was very much a Disney kid growing up. I had mm-hmm. the Disney princesses in my room. So obviously Disney was a big influence. And then Family Guy, Adult Swim, like Robot mm-hmm. Chicken and Ventura Brothers, like those more adult, naughty, mature themes definitely influenced. Mm-hmm. And then if you look really early on in the comic where it's really awful, but very mm-hmm. thin, gangly looking characters. Tim Burtony, like none mm-hmm. of it was really purposeful, but I was trying to find my own way um, right. at that point. So, kind of a mix of all of that together into whatever I have now. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And uh, I'm curious, what is because it seems like you're fairly like connected with the other um, or a lot of the other uh, cartoonists. I don't. But is that the appropriate name, cartoonists? I would Comic say artists? so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with the other cartoonists that are on Instagram, like what is that community like? Oh, it's badass. Yeah. It is honestly the most wholesome, supportive, mm-hmm. amazing group of people I've seen online. Like, if there is toxic toxicity, I don't see toxicity. It. Yeah, I can't say words. Like again, <laughs> this is on you. <laughs> um, yeah, if if there's any toxic nature in any of the the chats, I don't see it. But we do all have chats together. Hmm. And uh, another really big influence, I should say, is uh, cyanide and happiness. Like mm-hmm. I was reading their comics when I was in high school, supposed to be working, mm-hmm. but we were in like the college building. So mm-hmm. they didn't have filtered internet. So me and my classmates <laughs> would just go on explosum.net and just send each other their comics. Mm-hmm. And then fucking 10 years later, I got to collaborate with them. I actually shared a booth with them at Comic-Con in San Diego last year. And they're the sweetest fucking guys. Like, they're so big. Like, they have games. (laughs) (laughs) They're just wonderful. And then all the other artists, like, we're all talking about usually, like, algorithms or working with merchandisers or just what's been going on 
So they're all very, very sweet and just down to earth people. Like, of course, there's always going to be the one or two that don't like partake, but I'm guessing it's just because they have so much fucking work on their plate, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, everyone's, everyone's wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super cool to hear. Yeah, I'm such a big fan of like all of these different um, comics from like Nathan Strange Pile to um, uh, what's the name of the Perry Bible Fellowship and just like so many of these different ones that are just like, they just crack me up, you know, and they, they bring so much joy to me. I think every day I'm really, I'm really grateful for it. And I'm actually curious with, um, cause you, we talked a little bit about social media, but, and so much of, you know, you all are sort of reliant on these platforms and like one small tweak to the algorithm can really you know, throw you guys for a loop. Mm-hmm. How do you like navigate all of that? Do you just kind of just do your best to ignore it? Or are you like sharing little bits of information? If you tweak a picture this way, then it's going to get more votes and like that kind of thing. Or like, how do you deal with that? If we can share information with each other, like, A few years ago, Instagram reached out to just a random amount of creators. I was one of them, Hmm. but it it didn't matter the status, like people as low as 10,000 followers to as much as a million were reached out. It was just random. Hmm. But talking about like the algorithm changing from chronological to the computer led posts like the algorithm that that's what i mean Mm -hmm. we will share that so when i talked to the consultant with instagram i shared it back a big thing at the time was getting verified because having Mm -hmm. that blue check mark brings so much validation to Mm -hmm. your work and it's so much more harder now to get that little blue check mark unless you pay money for it ironically so we share what we can, but honestly, with any update, like news updates we see, it's, okay, how do we hunker down and combat it? When Instagram decided they're going to fight TikTok and do reels, all of <laughs> us artists were fucked. Because yeah. unless you have hours upon hours to animate your stuff, right. we're not going to be seen anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was really like, okay, I posted a reel today. I noticed a drop in engagements, comments. People say they didn't see any of my posts Hmm. and X, Y, and Z, or I posted a reel and then a comic in the same day. And this is what happened. Like we're all Hmm. like feeding each other what we can to just move along and keep going. Mm -hmm. Got it. Because it does feel like the algorithms are, actively working against us because even when we (laughs) (laughs) even when we post what they want our viewers don't want to see that so they'll unfollow and that's like damned if we do damned if we do damned if we don't and it's just it's a shame unfortunately but we're still going like everyone's still Mm -hmm. making content and being seen by some of the population it just it takes like one post to go viral, like one social media manager on whatever platform to see you and you blow up like, like I did with George Takei. And that was four years ago now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And has there been any conversation at all around like web 3.0 and how that might 
ship things for you guys and your as creators in general? Are, I don't know if, you're, if you're, are you familiar with that at all. Maybe I like I know about like Section Two Thirty and how the government might change where platforms are liable for what people post. So oh, they might stop. Yeah, they might stop promoting the algorithm altogether. But hmm. that just got to the Supreme Court in their hearing argument. So it won't be for another few months that we know anything. But yeah. I don't know 3.0. So if- Okay, so, so quick synopsis as best as I understand it. So Web 3.0 is out of the, um, the blockchain space. So mm-hmm. um, part of the idea with this is that for example, right now, when I use Instagram, Instagram basically makes money off of me because they're getting all of my data, right? And so that's the trade. Mm-hmm. So the theory in part with like Web 3.0, for example, is that it's much more actually creator and user beneficiary. So for example, if somebody might want to access my data, but they actually have to like maybe literally pay me for it. Or you could create up a social network that was literally designed so that like every time maybe somebody was going to your page, there was like a, a crypto wallet, for example, or some sort of currency that's like attached to that. And so like every time they're going to it, you're literally getting direct currency for that through the platform um, rather than it being sort of being subjugated to like, you know, Instagram. And then you have to kind of create things from it to do other things that you'd actually get paid from direct use. So like treating your, your profile as a website with ad space. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I don't, my, my gut reaction is, huh, it's kind of iffy, like, I'm for making money, but at the same time, would that hurt viewers who, like, I, I understand when I put on a public platform is free, that, that is a done deal for me, so I, I don't know how it would hurt people that can only view my stuff that way um, is my concern, I guess. Yeah. So in theory, I think it wouldn't be. And again, I don't know. There's probably a lot of like blockchain people are going to be like yelling at me after this. But like, from what I understand is it wouldn't really change the it wouldn't be like behind just a paywall. So it wouldn't like turn everything into like a Patreon, essentially. But it would be like, oh, like we, um, you know, it's more or less public. And then but just it kind of cuts out like for lack of a better word, like Instagram as the middleman. Like it allows like this space to be sort of sort of owned by the creators, I guess, if you will. Sure. And so it's like you have an Instagram where all of the creators of any kind are getting benefits. So whether you're a large creator or a small creator, you're maybe just getting relative benefit from that kind of in a similar way to almost just how YouTube operates more <laughs> naturally, I guess. Yeah. But kind of more similar to to that, I think. Now, if it was like YouTube where there's an ad before you can see a drawing, mm. no, no. Mm. I, I would rather keep it as it is because getting ads, there's just so many. And yeah. like I am more apathetic to ads now where if I see it, like you're actually on my shit list. I don't want to buy your stuff if you're shoving it down my throat. Yeah. <laughs> Good pun. but. so i guess maybe i would have to look up on it more but i do like the idea of people getting a little bit more ownership and getting money back i just can't see like these monopolies willing to share fairly at this point they're just too big yeah 
anyone that quits their Facebook, Instagram, whatever, it's already done, man. Like they already got your info. You're not any sort of privacy anyone had was 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I personally feel. I could be wrong, but like if the government wants to know what I'm buying on Amazon at 3 a.m., they're going to find out whether <laughs> I'm like I don't need to go on Instagram for them to know. They're going to know. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's kind of dystopian and it sucks, but that's I, I don't want to be defeatist about it, but that's how mm. I feel. Yeah, I always feel like this, like, I don't know, like a, a back and forth with it. Like, I feel like in some ways it's like, there's the like no one has any privacy anymore and then there's like for me there's also well nobody has any privacy anymore which means like there's no reason to hide anything and we mm-hmm. are kind of like in a way like forced to be transparent like i i have this kind of like ongoing joke with my friend who's like in politics that i feel like you won't be able to blackmail gen z because like everybody has nudes of each other and like knows all their weird sex <laughs> stuff because it's just already all over the internet because they've been on the internet since they were like forever and so it's like well what do you how do you blackmail these people they're already like fully out with everything pretty much and nobody cares or, yeah or deep fakes deep fakes are getting crazy. yeah that's that's the one that creeps me out for sure yeah, yeah. although it, it's kind of entertaining at the moment like it's <laughs> on, on yeah hear me out on tiktok <laughs> <laughs> there's uh there's these minecraft playthroughs but it's with obama biden george bush and trump and oh they're God. all shitting on each other. And it's oh, just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of sounds like them. So it's like, That's oh, this funny. is hilarious. And then like one of them said bombing Russia. We're all fucked. Like, <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So they're but you're right. Like they're sharing so much already as preteens, teens, where you do not fully grasp. But what you're sharing online you just kind of own it, which I guess is refreshing. But at the same time, thank God I wasn't online when I was 12. <laughs> well, it's funny because I talk with, I have a I have a group of friends who I, I rave with who are all like kind of in Gen Z and like a little bit out of graduating college and stuff. And I'll talk with them about social media and how they see it. And it's so, to me, fascinating and refreshing talking to them because they, in my experience, have a lot like healthier relationship with it than we do as millennials because ironically i think because they've been had it their entire lives like we had this weird effect where we were like like we lived we like kind of had the internet when we're like five six nine years old and then it's like social media kind of happens and it's like we had this weird like well i'm kind of on social media kind of not but like, they've been on it since forever and mm-hmm. so they're like oh like i understand how to like protect myself because i was bullied in junior high right or like i had to worry about those things so, so they like develop this skill set and comfortability with it um that i think that they're like they're going to be hopefully I think really awesome if they use it right. Like, are you, are you familiar with Mr. Beast at all on YouTube? Yes. Yeah. How old is he? 24. Fuck. Like yeah. <laughs> he gives away yeah. millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and like he's talked on, I've seen him on I think two different podcasts where he's talked about like he plans on some level to probably run for president uh, like in a few cycles. And it's like, yeah, like I don't see how anybody would like stop you because you you're able to command such attention. Uh, you you know you'll have all those people who are in their fourteen you know fourteen year old twelve year olds now who will be twenty years old then. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, like that, and it's like they're actually like 
from my experience, at least, and I just in the outside looking in, they mostly seem like really decent people who actually care about like wanting to make a difference rather than just like having it for the, the sake of power. So I'm hopeful, hopeful that something will happen. I, I definitely agree. Now, like, I can't say I know his content and stuff. I know he got pushed back recently for paying uh, for like 10,000 people's eye surgery. So they, they weren't yeah. blind anymore. And people were mm-hmm. pissed off about making money off of content. And it's like, you know what? Fuck you. He's putting it back into his work, but it's also like Floramp. Oh my God. Uh, Floramp? No. Philanthropy? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> like I have these words. I can say Worcestershire, no problem. That's so I funny. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> he makes content off of doing good work. Yeah. I, I have no problem with that. His politics, I have no idea. So I, I can't speak mm-hmm. on that. I just personally feel th- if we have a minimum age requirement to be in office, we should have a maximum. Like yeah. no one 100%. over 75 should be in yeah. office. You're going to die before you see these changes. Like yep. that's my personal feeling. No, I, I think that's the, that's what I think is funny. Like kind of almost getting back to a point we had earlier where like when I was talking about, you know, people and you actually have conversations with them are all a lot more rational and nuanced is like anybody that I talk to basically sees so many of the same exact problems and is upset about the same things. And then you have government uh, on both sides who are just not dealing with any of those things. <laughs> like everybody's like, yeah, we need to set term limits. We need to set age limits. We should probably look at ranked choice voting versus just one person so that there's a like more neutral party that can win or more neutral people. Like there's all of these things that like people are like, yeah, like we really care about like these things and that they're not being dealt with at all because the, you know, the polls that are still there dealing with identity politics and these extreme arguments that are like, you know, not what most people actually care about. Yeah, for sure. Like insider trading, like I very publicly lean left. (laughs) But fucking Nancy Pelosi for making money off of trading stock before it's like publicly known what's going on. Like, bitch, yeah. like <laughs> you you can't stand on the soapbox and preach one thing and then have your hand behind your back and do the other. That's not yep. cool. Yep. Yep. I don't mean to be political. <laughs> no, no. I, I think that's awesome. And I, I think, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of people who feel like you. Like I have a friend um, who posts online a lot and he's very very liberal and um you know unabashedly so and i love him dearly and you know people like like asking him about biden and stuff he's like look like everybody that i know who is liberal basically is like yeah we all kind of feel like biden's a tool but like it's a lot better than their options but like you know and it's like like most people again don't necessarily aren't these extremes that you see on twitter and i remember mm-hmm. like when Musk kind of first was taking over and I was like, all right, let me see if this town hall thing will actually end up working. So I was like starting to become more active on there and like having conversations with people. And I was getting all these questions about things. And I was like, why do you believe this? Because this isn't what any of like these people who, you know, believe things about trans or whatever it might be actually believe. Like these are things that you are making up or there's maybe a story that was told to you about this thing, but like nobody actually like, no, like nobody cares about destroying the nuclear family. Like nobody cares about that. So like, yeah, why are you making that an argument? And it's like, they don't actually have an argument because that's just what's been sold to them for so long. And there's like, but there's no actual like dialogue with the people to question those things. Um, so it become, can become like very, very frustrating, but I, I am hopeful and I feel like we are moving towards a more, I don't know. Uh, I think so. Complex space. 
like I actually have a good story like in in terms of the comic about um being online versus talking to a person one-on-one mm. like when I was first posting on reddit it was brutal like mm. <laughs> it either did very well or very poorly and mm. it was starting to be shared and then I got a random message at like two o'clock in the morning saying hey I think you should see this because someone posted your comic and they're just dragging you. Hmm. And I clicked on it and it was doing like, it was front page and it had thousands of comments, but the OP was, he was insulting me as a person. Like I'll give him that the comic was shit. Like it was not a good <laughs> comic. It was my early work. It was not great. It was very basic, but they started talking about me how I looked, how I talked, and I was sobbing. Oh and it just was not, it wasn't a feel good moment. But then I just had a thought, I'm like, I'm going to award this motherfucker. So I paid uh, $6 or $10 or whatever you had to pay for Reddit to give an award. And I gave him platinum. And mm-hmm. when you give um, someone an award on Reddit, it is sent anonym- anonymously unless you include your name or they res- uh, respond back to you saying thanks or whatever, then they'll see it. So they got the platinum. They're like, oh my God, thank you so much. This is my first award. I really appreciate it. Made my day. And I just wrote back, you're welcome. Have a wonderful night. And then he saw it was me. And then that's when he's like, shit and he's like you know i'm sorry in my defense it's not a good comic but i really didn't mean to hurt you and touche for sending me an award and doing blah 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 i'm like it, it's totally cool i agree it's a shit comic but like you hurt me dude <laughs> you made fun of mm. how i looked and i get mm. it like i'm not everyone's cup of tea i'm not my own cup of tea some days but like <laughs> it fucked me up for a bit but like we had a conversation and he took down the post and it was just like talking to someone on a human level instead of like pegging a target if that makes sense you know yeah so i try to kill him with kindness like that's my motto even if i have to like smother them with a heart pillow (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) That's a great. I don't know if you have a comic that is that already, but I feel like that's one that you gotta you gotta have because that's that's a very 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 early one that I took down because I thought I would get banned for it. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Yeah, just talking to people as people and then realizing, ah, shit, I can't say that because if you if you were willing to say that to someone's face, you're Mm. you're an awful person, and Mm. most people aren't. And we just forget that because we're responding to a little screen instead of, mm-hmm. uh, instead of a, of a human, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I know there's a lot of uh, like basketball players will, or athletes in general will say something to the extent of like, you know, that like you would never say this to my face because I would punch you. Right. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> you're behind Twitter and you know, you know, I'm Mr. Man, you know, one, two, three, four, five. And it's like, well, yeah, like here's this anonymous blob that, you know, is just going to say whatever you want. Cause there's no person. Yeah. That's, I'm curious with the, the platinum exchange, 
was that something that you like just came to on your own? Did you like go to friends and like get support and you're like, yeah, that's what you should do. Like, how did you come up with that? Cause I probably, I, I would not have thought to do that. And I think that's a really cool story. It was on my own because it was like two o'clock in the morning and my husband came home like an hour later because he was bartending at the time and he gets home mm -hmm. late. So I was just sitting there like reading comments, feeling sorry about myself. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to give him an award and make him feel shitty. Like I didn't have good intentions either. <laughs> like I, I really didn't. But like uh -huh. after having the conversation, like I don't hate that person. Like I actually mm -hmm. wish I saved our conversation because it was mm -hmm. very meaningful. <laughs> but we both came from like selfish sides and I just took the upper hand because I spent money. So I'm the dumbass. <laughs> but, did you think it would yeah. lead to a conversation or or was it did you just like kind of just want to really control hoping, him underneath it yeah. i think at the time i was really hoping he would respond so i could like i could do the unmasking like haha you know but mm. on the flip side i was also thinking well it's already doing well if i award it it's going to do even better even if they're shitting on me no press is bad press so someone's going to see the comic and they're going to like it, mm -hmm. even if everyone else is shitting on it. My name will get out there. So yeah. I don't I must have been drunk, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was drinking that night, but I, I was just like in a fuck it kind of attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Did that moment. Um, do you feel like that created like more like almost like online resilience for yourself of just kind of being like, I really don't care what people on the internet feel about me anymore. That, was there any sort of like a, a breakthrough in that? Uh, yes and no. I think it was like my first layer of a, a thicker skin hmm. because I've gotten, whew, I've gotten a lot of, hmm. a lot of feedback and some of it has not been pleasant, uh, especially like on Reddit or Twitter where um, moderating comments are up either to the mods of the subreddit or just not there at all. Like you can say whatever the fuck you want, as long as you're not like actually threatening them, you know? Right. But I do think it was a turning point where it's like, you know what, no matter what I do, not everyone's going to like me. I'm putting myself out there sexually, which kind of puts me on like, a bigger target in the first place mm -hmm. because people are going to make assumptions yeah. and that's fine, but I need to get over it. Like there's so much stuff out there anyways. Like I might as well just be authentic because no one, I, I won't be loved by everyone, you know? And mm -hmm. I know I can't draw hands. Like I don't give a shit. Like <laughs> I, I still can't draw hands. <laughs> I would never even think about that. So I can't draw at all. So the fact that you can draw anything is a, a marvel to me. Like I'm dyslexic too. So when people point out like you drew this guy's hand backwards, I'm like, fuck, you're right. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> but I wasn't thinking. That's really funny. Yeah. Uh, so you know it would... was a turning point. Sorry, I was just going to ask you, do you know who like, Todd McFarlane is of uh, Spawn? Uh, Spawn? Oh, that rings a bell so big. Let me look it up. Don't tell me. Hold on. I'm sorry if you have to cut this, Todd. 
<laughs> and I feel like I definitely have to leave this part in then. Whoa. Now I just got to... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's more of a um, a traditional comic artist. Yeah, yeah. He left. Yeah. Uh, he left Marvel um, at one point, and he created Image Comics. Which, if I don't, are you? Do you read comics? Like, do you like? Are you into like uh, contemporary graphic novels or anything of that nature? Yes and no. Like, never okay. really like Marvel or DC. Mm-hmm. That that always felt like more of a boys' thing. Now that I'm an adult. I'm much more into it. Yeah. But growing up, it was much more of like the newspaper funnies, you know, and then Mm -hmm. web comics were big. Uh, Looking for group by blind ferret was probably Hmm. like my first long form comic. My dad introduced me to, they actually have a, like a death type character named Richard. And there's a parody where they have Richard, um, singing a parody song of the little mermaids part of your world but he's going through and he's just murdering an entire village including like children it was amazing it's very funny but (laughs) but i'm slowly getting into like long form superhero that kind of stuff now okay cool now i was just curious because i am a big fan of um like brian k vaughn's work if you read like saga or why the last man yes but those are Okay, cool. So those are both image comics. And this is a long roundabout to get back to Todd McFarlane. The reason I brought him up was that mm-hmm. so he when he was drawing Spawn, somebody had mentioned like he would come up to him and like we're criticizing him and like, you know, why is Spawn's uh, pocket, you know, on his jacket on this side versus the other side? And in the moment he was just like, Well, actually it's it's that his his cape is always like is actually alive and so it's moving and constantly adapting. So he ended up like using the fact that he wasn't paying attention to his art as sort of like an aspect of the character in their their creation. That's awesome. Like I I am almost famously bad for my typos and my grammar, and I swear to God, I do try to proofread it. <laughs> <laughs> but like I'm either running against a deadline or I don't like sound it out word for word. Mm -hmm. And I'll mess it up somehow. And people call Mm -hmm. me out and I've just said, it's part of my brand. Mm -hmm. That's, that's just what you get. If I ever publish a book, there will be typos. I will not have an editor (laughs) (laughs) on purpose. Um, But it's so true. Like today for a comic, Dot cuts the pineapple in half and she pulls a knife from the knife block. And I had to go back because my artist brain was like, you didn't actually erase that knife. You have to make it where it looks like it's an empty knife slot. So I spent another 10 minutes going through three other panels, fucking drawing, drawing it over because someone will point it out. Mm. Like it, I feel bad for Todd. <laughs> like everyone gets that and i'm sure like comic book fans as much as i appreciate it because like there's such a love for it they're also like the most pickiest bastards of all the bunch my husband <laughs> include like my husband does the same so i i will still fuck a comic nerd <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I actually, just out of curiosity, are you are you and your husband are you like in some sort of a like more open dynamic or polyamorous relationship or anything like that? Or are you two? Is it are you monogamous or we're if you're monogamous. open to talking about that? Monogamous? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We well, I came up with the phrase: "You're allowed to appreciate the art, just don't touch it." 
Mm. And it's just personally for us, we're very, very happy together. Like sexually, Mm. we're very compatible. I am very open about my sexuality just because I'm a sexual person. And he Mm -hmm. is too, but I'm just overdrive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So anytime like I post something much more explicit, especially on Patreon, I'll talk to him about Mm -hmm. it. But when it comes to our day-to-day life, we are um, monogamous with each other. Because if I'm being completely honest, I still get insecure. I can't handle more more people. <laughs> mm. But I came out after I was married to him, mm. and it's a comp it, to me. And I hope he feels the same way. He he accepts it as the same way. I don't know his heart of hearts, but I, I feel like it's true. But I feel so safe with him mm. to admit that I I'm attracted to women. I like being with women. And I've never shared that before because Mm. of the conservative religious background shame, you know? So being able, feeling comfortable expressing that to him and then putting in the comics is like, I feel safe with you to say that. Mm. And I don't want anyone else because you're the one that made me feel safe, you know? Hmm. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, No, thank you for sharing. That's awesome. Boobs are nice, man. Like <laughs> they are. They are. I, I meant to. I was talking to someone, and she was just like, "Yeah, I just don't like boobs." And I was like, "How do you?" I didn't know that it was like. A, I thought it was like bacon. Like everybody, I thought it just like loves that thing, regardless of like what preferences you have. Like, how do you not like boobs? But they're just so jiggly. They're they're wonderful. They're soft. They're yeah. They're soft. They're comforting. They provide food. Like. <laughs> <laughs> It's an, like a whole experience in one, two, yeah. <laughs> three, yeah. if you're lucky. Sorry, <laughs> that was too much. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I feel like I've asked you so many awesome questions. This has been such a rad conversation to have, and I'm so grateful to get to have it with you. Is there, um, I don't know, is there anything that you wanted to to talk about or share at all i'm just throwing a random question out there but i'm just curious or that you would want your audience to know about you i plan on getting a gary tattoo (laughs) yeah yeah like i have several tattoos but i have a hidden mickey behind my ear because i like i said (laughs) i was a disney kid and i love so i got a hidden mickey years ago and then i got all of my younger siblings their tattoos i paid for all of them to have hidden Mickeys because they're like, I want one too. I'm like, I'm going to buy that for you. And we're going to go to the same (laughs) tattoo place that I got mine. So Mm. that's neat. But I kind of love the idea of hidden Gary's. Mm. I have those in my comics. So I'll have a little Gary shape somewhere in the comics most days, Mm. which is fun. So I don't know. That's been in my mind outside of that. I'm sorry for rambling. I'm sorry for mis- mispronouncing words. God damn it. Even that. <laughs> like I'm, I, mispronouncing, I'm mispronouncing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sorry if I got off topic. Like it, it really was a good conversation and my mind just bounced to different ideas. So I'm sorry if it came off as rambling at any point. Oh, no, not at all. Like not for me, at least. Like I, this was 
awesome. Like I loved where we went. We went to so many different places, places I um, couldn't have predicted. And that's the fun part of it. I love, uh, I think that's why I'm calling this podcast getting to know you. Cause it's like, I would have these conversations with, you know, strangers and having such deep complexities. And I, I think for me, like every, what I value most in the world is perspective. And the only way that you can, I feel like I can get that really is when I'm talking to somebody and I can ask the questions that I want to ask and see how somebody else who's different from me sees the world. And yeah, so I'm really grateful that you got this share um, and, and be honored. This isn't such a blessing and, and treat. I'm really grateful for it. Oh, yeah. Like uh, one of my favorite aspects of the comic, and I say this a lot, is like I've talked to people that I've never dreamt that I would have the chance. Like hmm. it was my mom's birthday a few days ago. And when I first started the comic, uh, I asked everyone to say happy birthday to my mom. And it was overwhelmed with responses. And I did the same this year. And there was so many. My mom asked me, like, can you take a screenshot or print out everyone's responses? But there was like over 3,000 responses of people saying happy birthday from like Jamaica, Belgium, the Netherlands, like so many people. And it's just like, thank you for wishing my mom a happy birthday. And fuck, like, you like my comic from there? that's just it's so cool and i love your idea for the podcast and i i hope it really does well thank you well i think you know if we get to have more conversations like this and i think it will i I think i i think one of the things that i want to be tackling and what i get to tackle is like you know interviewing people like yourself i think there's so many of these uh for lack of better word like niche creators right that aren't like the Tom Cruises of the world and these like large famous people, but are are famous within these like communities, you know, within the, within the comics groups or you know, I'm a really big video gamer. So there's a lot of like video game YouTubers that I would love to uh, interview and just, you know, have these kinds of conversations because I think that they're really cool. Um, yeah. So I, I appreciate that. Oh, One thing I was actually thinking is like, it would be really cool if you maybe did, uh, or I'd be, I would be curious to see what would happen if you like challenged your audience to all get a Gary tattoo with you and see how many people <laughs> you can inspire to get a, a tattoo. There is one person who already has a Gary tattoo that I drew for them. I actually, you've watched SpongeBob, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, on an off day, I made a drawing of Gary on Gary, the snail. Mm. And he had a, th- Oh, what are those little, like the little things that you put on your thumb for sewing? Oh, a thumbnail? Is that what they called? Or a th- I don't think. Thimble? thimble? A thimble. There we go. Yeah. Like a thimble on his hat. And then he had a toothpick for a joust. She got that mm-hmm. tattooed. And I, I redrew it for her. So there's one person in the world who has it. I it, it made, That was my bucket list. That's how I knew I made it. I'm like, I'm done. I don't need a book. I don't need a TV show. Someone fucking tattooed their body with my butt plug. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I I would get one. I don't even have any tattoos yet, but I'm like, I have like a collection of tattoos that I'd want to get. And I think if you, if you were like, yeah, I'm getting it, especially if you were like, it's going to be like a tribe thing. Like people get one. I would think I would totally get one. Well, I'm going to have to do it. Even like, don't feel like you have to, but (laughs) I am. I felt obligated, but yeah. I'm totally getting a Gary tattoo. Like it's been on my mind for months, but like it's been a thought, like, where do I put it? Cause I asked my husband, I'm like, I want to get a Gary tattoo. And he's like, 
I don't know if I want to fuck you and look at Gary while I'm fucking you. I'm like, that's a good point. <laughs> I get that because I'm not going to see my ass. You will see my ass. That's really funny. And just a little Gary smile right back at him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's a good idea. I'll have to I'll have to do that. And then when this comes out, uh, let me know so I can hype it up as well. You yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I definitely will. So I want to circle back to something uh, that you mentioned earlier, and uh, that was you, you're, I guess, dealing with some level of suicidality before. And I've had a couple other people on the show really talk about that. So I'd, I'd love to hear your experience if you're open to sharing of what that was like for you. Like, were you planning? Were you, what was, were you thinking? What were you actually like, dealing with in those, those moments? Sure. Well, for one, I was ignoring a lot of like the signs um, where like hopelessness or like the void of just having like concrete emotions. I wasn't ever very happy. I wasn't ever very sad except what's the right word. I was just there. And the idea is like, okay, it wouldn't be so bad if I, I jumped off a bridge or it wouldn't be so bad if I took all of these pills. Like it wasn't malicious in any way, but it just, they would crop up and I would think about it. And then I would think, you know what? I would just go to sleep and I wouldn't wake up. Like it would be, it would be a resolution, you know? So when I actually tried to do it, I remember it vividly because I, I was, I was eating in and out. I'm like, this is going to be my last meal. It's in and out. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> there was, there's worse last meals in and out. It's not too terrible. But I, I uh, cut my, my wrist pretty deeply and obviously I, I I'm I'm fine, but had to be at the doctors and then family got involved because I was already living in California. And unfortunately it got to be a big to do, which like that's the last thing you want when you when you plan to off yourself, you know? A big thing that I did think from like if I'm gonna do this, I don't want anyone to find me because I know that's what I know what it will do to them. But I also don't, I don't want them to leave them wondering, you know? So it became a bigger deal where, all right, fuck, fine. <laughs> I have to deal with all these issues now and going on medication and therapy. And it does work, but it almost was like worse at first, you know, trying to find like pills that work because they put me on like 40 milligrams of Prozac and I was not a human. Like I was functioning, but there was nothing. And then therapy trying to drag out everything I was feeling at the time and trying to explain it without sounding pathetic and working through it. And it was a lot, honestly, it was a lot harder than trying to cut my own wrists. <laughs> but it just- Do you think I'm, go ahead. Oh no, I- I'm going to circle. So oh, that's okay. Yeah. I was just going to ask like, is, was that, I'll say that the, the, it being easier to cut your own wrists, was that 
I would say part of the, the seduction of, you know, killing yourself versus like dealing with whatever it was that you were, that was kind of creating those feelings? Um, like there was no like glorification. Honestly, it was just the closest thing at the time. Like I, I was, while I was eating, I was thinking today's the day, man. And just didn't have any medicine in the house. Don't believe in having firearms, but I did got, I did have some kitchen knives and like, I didn't feel any pain. That that's the crazy thing. Maybe it was like adrenaline, but I just went down the street if that can be allowed, but I didn't feel, I didn't feel anything. It was just, it was going to happen. There was no sexiness or like relief. It was like, okay, it's done. Like just checked off the list, you know? So, so when you did it though, it sounds like you ended up going to the hospital and that kind of thing. So obviously did you like, oh shit, like I don't actually want to do this and like backed out or like what, what happened in that moment? Like, how did you go from planning to kill yourself and taking the action then not doing it? You're still here. I don't want to mention names because I don't, I don't speak with those people anymore, but I was stopped and yeah, um, I was seen and uh, they contacted family who came came down because they lived uh, like eight, nine hours away. And that's where it became a big to-do. So if, if no one was there, probably would have been successful. <laughs> and, and I'm glad, I, I'm very glad I wasn't. I needed help. And even though I don't talk to that person who stopped me, I'm very thankful for them for being there. I I I am forever grateful. But yeah. So I thought it would be a lot easier to explain cuz <laughs> um if you don't mind me saying like we we talked about this on a break and how I didn't really have a chance to explain it but uh I don't mention it in my comics for the reason that uh, I can't uh, risk my livelihood for explaining that situation. But I wish I have, because I know a lot of people, especially nowadays, struggle with it. And it it shouldn't be ignored. But unfortunately, how platforms are built, they will punish people for, quote unquote, idealizing um, self-harm when it's not idealizing, it's just explaining, you know, what we were going through. But Medication therapy, ongoing medication and therapy help a lot. Yeah. 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 And thank you for, for sharing all of that. Um, do you mind? I would love to hear about like when, was there something that was like for you that you were like dealing with? Was there like a traumatic event that was kind of spawning that moment or was there a, just kind of like a brain chemistry, like depressive brain kind of thing coming over you? Like what was it? I guess that led you to even starting to want that. Like, yeah. I think both. I didn't like myself very much at the time. I didn't like my body. I didn't like who I was or where I was going in my life because I always thought I, at the time, I thought I was going to have an artistic career and I cornered myself into the the business side. So I didn't like that. But also I definitely have a chemical or two missing to make me a happy person. 
So I was just deficient. Like someone is deficient in vitamin B. I was deficient in my body working in a way to be content, but not getting help early on. So I was newly in Southern California, didn't have a lot of friends, definitely didn't have family. And I was isolated, not many people to talk to. It, it definitely like compounded how I felt. And then I lost my sister when I was 11 and never fully came back from that because my family kind of broke apart after. Uh, understandably, we're all good now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like you don't talk about those traumas because f- for fuck's sake, seeing my mom hold a dead baby, it, it's not good. It, you just you deal as you can, but I never got the help that I should have and not nothing on my parents. They did an amazing job. But as an adult, I ignored it and it just compounded. No, when yeah. when. When you were having those experiences, and I'll, I'll preface this with kind of why, like, so I've, I've, with the two other people I talked to, both of them to a certain degree talk about, I don't want to say like voices, because that's not necessarily how it is, but one of them that I talked to, like, literally said he would hear like a voice, like literally telling him to to kill himself. And it was like, literally like, had this kind of like seductive tone to it. Mm-hmm. I think my other friend who talked about it talked about really this kind of loud uh, you know, voice in his head or just series of thoughts that is basically telling him to kill himself. Um, that, you know, now he's like, this is just a depressive episode. He knows how to deal with it. It really, really sucks, but he can kind of like weather the storm. Is, is Do either of those experiences or is there a similar type of thing that was going on internally, I guess, for you with when that was happening? Yes. And I apologize if this like comes off crass, but it is, it reminds me of like Gollum from Lord of the Rings, where it wasn't necessarily a different voice, but it was my voice. It was my voice talking to myself. Like, you know, if you just, if you just did it, like, you're not going to be in this, like, limbo anymore, this purgatory where you don't feel anything. Cause that's the worst part is like not feeling anything except just like despair. And despair is not even the right word. It's just like you you realize like you're lacking your humanity because nothing would touch me and I couldn't cry. So I would talk to myself and be like, well, if you jumped off a bridge tomorrow, like it's just over with. We're done. And there is no heaven or hell. So why don't you do it? And then it's like, but you got your mom and you got your siblings and you got your best friend and you have life. You can go about it, but it's so much work and it's so heavy. I don't want to carry this. So yes and no, I, I guess. Like I would have these in, it, <laughs> internal debates. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. My, um, my friend Brett, who talked about it, he said that um, he, from his experience, it was, there was literally like, there was like kind of a, like a devil on one shoulder, angel on the other shoulder who would be having this debate back and forth. And at one point he had kind of decided to do it. And then the, I guess the angel on his right kind of goes, goes like, yeah, you can you know do it, but like, just, you know, maybe just like wait a day. And then it was like him waiting a day ended up leading to a series of other events in his life that like led him completely away from that um, and finding um, purpose and that kind of thing. It's just, I know it's, it's very, um, 
enlightening, I think is the right word to, to hear you and my other friends talk about this. So I really, really appreciate you, you sharing and talking about it. I'm glad I can, I can share it in some way. Like I said, I hate that I can't share it on other platforms, like, because death is a big part of my comic. I, I feel like I always keep people on red <laughs> because I can't tell them like, this is why death's a part of it. Because I had a flirtation with death. Like I was fucking knocking on his door at two fucking AM in my panties. Like yeah. it, it, it's an important part of my life. And I think I have a scar on my wrist that I look at every so often. I'm like, you dumb bitch. But it, it's, it's shaped who I am. So I, I'm glad to talk about it. And I hope anyone that is feeling like that or have those ideas, honestly, you're not alone. And I know that they don't want to talk about it or share because you feel like you're drawing attention. That's the last thing you want to do is draw attention to yourself. But it's okay. It's okay to talk to someone. You're not going to be it, you're not going to be, be perceived negatively by people who love you because they want to help you. Like they want you to be here. That's the reason why they're going to talk back. Like you're not a burden, I guess is the right word. Uh, this is the first time I've actually shared this on like any kind of platform. So I appreciate you asking and listening and I'm sorry. It's like, I keep apologizing. I should fucking stop <laughs> <You> that. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize a lot, man. I'm so sorry for apologizing so much. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not one inch Canadian either. I, <laughs> I don't even like maple syrup. Fuck maple oh syrup. My God. You don't I'm like sorry. maple syrup like for real? No, I hate pancakes. I, oh my God. I mean, I don't eat you, them anymore, but they why, are delicious. No. Why would you eat a pancake when you have waffles? There's texture. Okay. I, I, I do like waffles better. Okay. I am a huge like chicken and waffles fan. Um, Ooh, it's like my yeah. absolute jam. There's a great place in out here in Seattle. So if you ever come visit, I will take you there. It's called Fats Chicken and Waffles, and it's like the best chicken and waffles I've ever had. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Anything else that you you want to share on that topic? Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Get help. You are loved, even if you don't feel like it. And that burden to carry is worth carrying because it, it was a few years later that. I started the comic and I found the love of my life and I am, I'm going to cry that I'm, Great. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. And I never thought I deserved to be so happy or so loved. So it's worth it. Just do it. <laughs> don't, don't hurt yourself. So that's it. Awesome. But those waffles sound great. <laughs> Oh my goodness. If it makes you feel better, you're the second person I've gotten to cry on the show so far. So, Oh, thank God. I'm not the first. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. One other thing I want to ask you was um, like, what, if anything else is like, do you have any like other projects that are like in the work? Like, are you planning on releasing a book or developing one or anything of like that? Or are you pretty much just like really dialed in with, uh, with Instagram for right now? I'm, I am focusing on the comics right now. Like I feel after after I got let go from my job, it, it's been a very hard adjustment working full time hmm. creatively because I feel the pressure now. I don't have that income to fall back on. So it's like 
is this funny? No, that's not fucking funny. Is that funny? And then I'll find something that I like and I'll throw myself into it. And then I didn't sleep for 12 hours. So I'm still trying to figure out a schedule, but I'm hoping to do more like comic cons to uh, offer more merch, maybe not like plushies because I have to work with a manufacturer. We really got to find that sex company that can sex toy company. that can make a Gary butt plug. There's like no I, reason for one to not exist. Like that just seems silly to me. It is like the number one request I get. Like people are legitimately asking like, can I actually marry a Gary? Like, <laughs> 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 it's like if, if I could, and then I do have, it, it, he's not green, but I've had, Low key, I've had people offer like ten grand to buy my butt plug, and I'm like, "Wow, oh man, it was very hard to say no. It was <laughs> it was very hard to say no, just because it's like that feels like a line I'm not ready to go. You know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a good amount of money. I mean, yeah, I would, I probably would have, but you know, everybody has their own boundaries, <laughs> so I get that. It was it was a <laughs> it was a couple days of thinking. <laughs> But yeah, that is definitely something that I have been thinking. Maybe I'll just reach out to the people that have given me toys and see if, because I still have a good relationship with them. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that they'd be down to collaborate with something if, you know, yeah. yeah. Do you have a cat in the background? I, I do. I do have a cat. I don't know if she's in the background right now, but I do have I a cat. I saw a black and white around. tail, I think. Oh, not black and white. She's uh, she's a Siamese. You wouldn't have seen her tail because sadly it was like crushed before I got her. Oh no! Uh, so she has like a broken tail. Oh, yeah. So she, baby. she's uh, fourteen. Will be fifteen this year, and yeah, she's a little Siamese. Um, little cute baby. Um, yeah. Well, then you got something going on in the back. Just be careful. Like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll look for her. I mean, she she might have like walked around. You might have seen her. Probably. Oh, and actually. I should ask this earlier, but like, um, where did, where did you come up with the name, the red dot? Oh, oh, this is a good one. So my husband, he, he has a PhD in English. He, um, majored in poetry and then like his thesis was on uh, romantic feminism. So mm-hmm. <laughs> he, I love him to death. He's like, I'm a feminist. I'm like, I'm a woman, so <laughs> like, so he makes beautiful poems, and he's published, he's authored uh, a few books. He's great, and but to like slightly rib him, I created poems when I was on my period, and I said mm. they were by the Red Dot, I'm trying to be like avant garde, mm. bullshitty. So like. Mm-hmm. Oh, painful hips, chocolate chips, fat chick, fat chicks, bullshit. That was like a red dot poem. Like <laughs> I, was, I was just fucking around. So when I started the mm-hmm. comic, I'm like, you know, what? I'm just going to use that because that's just kind of the vibe that I felt worked. Like it's sincere, but it's not. And it's fun. And I got red hair, so might as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do have the red hair. I feel it's definitely been a <laughs> been a signature. Have you have you always been a redhead? Nope, I'm no. a blonde. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever feel like trapped now that you're like redhead? I mean, you wear it very well, and it seems seems like something you love. So I don't think it would be 
uh, something that pigeonholes you, but I'm curious if you're ever just like, oh man, I'm like, I have to be a redhead now. Um, no, like for a while, like in 2021, I dyed it purple for funsies mm. and that was great, but I've been dyeing my hair red since I was like 15 and oh, wow. I do feel like it suits my features. Like my, my ethnicity is English Irish, so mm-hmm. my skin tone allows it. So mm-hmm. I don't think so, but if I dyed my hair like black tomorrow, I, I would still be red dot. But I I can't see myself doing it. I like my hair this color. Cool, cool. Well, Kim, it was such a pleasure having you on the show. And this was an absolute blast for me. Um, Where can people find out more about you if they want to follow you? Sure. Well, thank you. And I had a lot of fun, too. Again, I apologize for um, (laughs) mispronouncing words as I continue to do so or rambling. But if people want to follow me and see less of me rambling, they can go to uh, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, the double underscore red dot. Mm-hmm. I'm also on Reddit and YouTube and TikTok. Basically, if you you can Google the red dot comic, I will come up. Cool. I, I've made awesome. the front page of Google with those exact <laughs> words. <laughs> those exact words. <laughs> That's awesome. But, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Kim, what was such a pleasure having you on and I'll talk to you again soon. That sounds great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Getting to Know You. If you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I did in making it for you, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. It would really help the show out. Additionally, if you'd like to stay in touch, consider following me on Instagram at Cam Edward Benton. That's Cam, C-A-M-E-D-W-A-R-D-B-E-N-T-O-N on Instagram and YouTube if you want to follow the show on there as well. Once again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening, for taking the time, for being curious. It means the absolute world to me. So thank you from the bottom of my heart.